right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. I realized that I could literally perceive the cell energy, decipher the information. Um, And so uh, I could see, I could hear people's thoughts. I could see what was on the other side of the wall. I mean, I, I had experiences like this since I was five. And so for me, it was a natural thing to think that there's something beyond our normal human brain and functioning in our five senses. It was this Seth insight, channeled by the late Jane Roberts, who said, consciousness creates reality, not the other way around. Simple and powerful. But is this a scientific fact or just a postulate that can only be relegated to esoteric opinion? According to consciousness researcher and filmmaker Caroline Corey, not only is the science there to show that consciousness is the primary ingredient to all of reality, both seen and unseen, but she's got the experiments to prove it. In her latest film, Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible, some of the most mind-bending feats of humankind when put to the test using innovative but rigid methods show without a shadow of a doubt that each of us have capabilities far beyond what most could ever imagine. Remote viewing, psychokinesis or PK, telepathy, even the ability to read while being completely blindfolded are all possible. More than possible, in fact. There are people on this planet right now who are demonstrating these abilities every single day. This is how they live. So what can we learn by understanding and knowing the science that backs these claims up? Caroline shares powerful information that will no doubt turn you on your ear, but also turn the volume up on your ability to plug in using some of the most powerful and proven techniques. The next step, how you can be a superhuman. Journeyers, welcome to the show. I am so excited. I am tickled pink, in fact, to have who I call a friend that I haven't talked to, Caroline Corey, in how long? Probably a couple of years now. And uh, this is a fitting time to have Caroline back on because I'm also tickled pink because she just wrote a kick butt (laughs) movie film called Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible. And I'm not being funny, guys. This is serious stuff because we're talking about the very thing that we here at Higher Journeys absolutely love and happen to feel is the most important topic of our time. And that's consciousness. I always call it the C word, something that uh, science sort of did not like to talk about or even bring up in a scientific uh, context for a long time. But I think that's changing. And I think that you, Caroline Corey, my dear, uh, have come a long way in showing the world that consciousness is essential. So thank you for that. And thank you for this beautiful movie that we're going to be talking about today. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, yeah, we haven't talked in a couple of years. I love doing your shows because you understand the topic of consciousness. And so your questions are awesome and I can't wait. So thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you make it easy because I've just got to say for the record, I have seen you a number of times and some of the great films that you have uh, created and the work that you do tirelessly. And I remember Caroline, not last January, but the January before we're talking 2019, 2020. I'm losing track of time. 
I was in Australia. You were supposed to be there with me. Yes. And you didn't make it, but you did, you streamed, they streamed your lecture through. And guys, you want to talk about an incredible uh, array of experiments that Caroline uh, demonstrated and showed our audience. I got to see just stunning. Let me start with this before we get into the film Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible. What got you started on this track? Now, I know that you're an experiencer. I'm just going to put it right out there. Mm -hmm. But to go from being an experiencer as a layperson to someone who has thrust herself into uh, the the area of studying what this is about scientifically, what was the impetus for that? Well, it started at a very young age. I, I think I mentioned this story when I was five years old. I had an experience where I could see the beings and communicate with them uh, spontaneously. Um, I realized that I could literally perceive the cell energy, decipher the information. Um, and so uh, I could see, I could hear people's thoughts. I could see what was on the other side of the wall. I mean, I, I had experiences like this since I was five. And so for me, it was a natural thing to think that there's something beyond our normal human brain and functioning in our five senses. Uh, but what was the most important thing was to understand how it worked. You know, not so much that I did have the experience, but how did I did it? Like, how did I do it? Like, what did my brain have to do to get there? And can anybody do this? So when I was asking these questions, I realized that I was getting into the field of the mechanics of consciousness, the science of consciousness. So I spent 20 years developing methodologies um, to understand, to research, um, you know, um, this, the mechanics of consciousness. And so um, eventually, you know, after working with hundreds of people around the world and, um, you know, creating methodologies for meditation, for healing, for all of that, or contact as well, um, I started working with scientists. Uh, because even though I was convinced, you know, people who worked with me were convinced, but I wanted to go the extra step and see if there's any measurable way uh, to talk about consciousness. And so a few years ago, I started working with some scientists and we started doing um, experiments. And the experiments were mind-blowing. It was working with the DNA, changing the uh, molecular structure of the DNA, of water, changing the pH, uh, things close by at a distance. So as we were doing these experiments with real scientists under laboratory conditions and having these crazy results, I was like, wait, we need to put this out there. Um, and not so much in books and teachings, you know, not everybody wants to do that. So it had to be in film format. And this is how uh, the movie Superhuman, the Invisible Made Visible came about. Well, this isn't your first stab at this. Uh, you've gotten better with practice, I would say. But guys, <laughs> I have to tell you, from the topics that are covered under this umbrella of being superhuman, like PK and telepathy and remote viewing and what I'm calling eyeless sight, guys, you got to see that. You're going to see the movie. As a matter of fact, I'm going to stop right here. Let's stop. I want you to watch the trailer. You're going to get just enough of a teaser, so you will want to go and watch this. So let's watch the trailer, and we'll be right back. Because... 
the energy is all around us, you can communicate with all types of different things. Well, what we do here is collect intelligence against foreign threats using a parapsychology discipline called remote viewing. We essentially want to invite you to become a psychic spy. We know our own CIA had been experimenting in psychic tests and abilities. The Israelis had an interest in it and may still. We know for a fact that the Russians were involved in this. We know for a fact that the Chinese were and are probably still involved. Something's happening that's bigger than us. Oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. Like this is insane. We are pieces of consciousness playing avatars in a virtual reality game called This Physical World. This is Captain Corey of the USS Red Recorder leaving a message that may be detected in other universes. The rain was tapping and the windows and the wind was banging. So we sort of come to this world and I guess in our materialistic sense, we want to forget about vibrations. We just want to think of matter and stuff. That's a whole uh, unit. That's a large effect. The fact that you can change the acid alkaline balance in water implies that you could change it in the body. This is what this is about. Mind over matter. Well, well, what do you think? Huh? <laughs> we're talking, you first of all, you've got quite the Rolodex, my dear. I mean, we, for those of us in the consciousness field, we know the experts like Dean Radin and Tom Campbell, my big toes, Tom Campbell, and Eben Alexander. But how did, do you know Corey Feldman? Yeah, he's a great friend. Um, so what happened was in the movie, I didn't want to focus on just a few people who are healers, you know, right. with this kind of stuff uh, or just me, you know, demonstrating these things. So I wanted to invite random people, um, you know, but then I was like, well, why don't we invite some people that are somewhat recognizable? Sure. And and so I, I started to, to think about people who are, open you know to the idea because at least you want somebody who's open to the possibility or um and so you don't have to believe 100 percent, but just kind of allow this open feeling and so Corey was somebody who's totally into understanding conscious he's still like kind of figuring out uh -huh. what it is, how it works so the, i thought he would be great and then i invited a couple of other people but so that's the reason why he's in the movie you know i love it yeah. Well, just so everyone knows, we are going to, of course, have the after show in the members only section on Patreon. And Caroline, I think, is going to give us a little taste about what was revealed when she and Corey sat down for uh, another another an experiment of which you have so many. And I'm going to say, not to be a spoiler, you've got to see it yourself. But th this whole film is is sort of predicated on evidence, and I would dare say as close to proof as you can get, that all the things that we talk about that are otherwise considered woo-woo outside of this framework, you've proven, I would say, it would be as close to irrefutable as you can get. Uh, so this is just this is just amazing. Where, where can we start? Let's start with remote viewing. Let's talk about that. And you had somebody on that I haven't been in touch with for years, and that's Paul Smith. Yeah. Thanks for the nod. I got to give him a call. <laughs> I haven't talked to Paul forever. Talk about the remote viewing experiment you did with uh, 
I believe it is another actor friend of yours. And Paul was sort of, uh, sort of uh, moderate, not moderating, but leading the experiment. Talk about that. So, so in the movie, what I wanted to do, as you were saying, is not just talk about uh, consciousness being fundamental, you know, our mind having an effect on the body. I wanted to, as you're saying, demonstrate it, like measure it, show it on camera live. And so I started to think, okay, what kind of experiments do we need to do to, to show that consciousness is non-local? The first experiment that I could think of was remote viewing. And so, of course, uh, Paul is, is very well known, as you know, in the field. And um, so I told him, would you come and teach someone, you know, for a couple hours and just like, let's see what happens. And he said, yeah, we can do what we call an outbounder experiment. And uh, so, so again, in this scene, I invited another friend of mine. She's an actress, but uh, also open to the idea. And Paul gave us a crash course, literally in two hours, uh, he kind of told her, okay, this is how it works, or, you know, think this way, don't, you know, just let it, allow it this way, whatever. He gave us a crash course. And then we did the experiment live again. Now you have to know that Rachel is, was based in Los Angeles. We filmed this scene in Utah. And uh, so she flew in the night before. It was very late. It was like 11 p.m. And we were filming the next morning. So she came straight to the set. And, um, and so she didn't have time to kind of look around or, you know, have a sense of what the scenery looks like or anything like that. And as you all know, Utah looks very, very different than California. And so, so, so for her, she had no frame of reference. And so, so after these two hours, I mean, we could have been, me and a couple of, of the crew members, we went to a, to a remote location and she tried to pick up what, where we were, what the location looked like and what we were doing. And so, I mean, we could have been at a McDonald's, we could have been at, in a building, we could have been anywhere. And so for her to pick up specific things that we were doing, that we were seeing, was just like mind blowing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I'm, I'm, I'm watching because I, I just saw the film in its entirety, and I'm recalling the scene of which how she was uh, articulating the impressions that she was getting, and nailed it. Pretty much nailed it. Again, I don't want to do a spoiler, but in all of these experiments that you did, all of which, by the way, are very easy to follow. You think, you know, science can be, particularly when you start getting into the experimental realm, into the lab, it can be intimidating to the layperson. But this is stuff that you can understand. But guys, I am telling you, once you see the collection of of experiments that Caroline uh, highlights in this film, you're going to be asking yourself the question: Why am I not? implementing or or under not understanding but why is my life so difficult if this is the way it works if consciousness creates reality i'm going to quote seth the 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 work of the the channeled work of jane roberts and the seth material who always said consciousness creates reality not the other way around and i believe there was a quote um that tom campbell said in your film that says the physical world is a derivative of consciousness which is essentially the same thing Yes. Consciousness is primary. Why are we living in a world as if the physical is primary? And maybe that's a naive 
it's a loaded question. It may have to do with programming, but give me your thoughts on why people don't understand that inherently. Yeah, I think we're programmed. We're programmed to think that this is all there is and uh, what you see it is reality. But uh, that's exactly what, what you just said is what I was hoping to do with the film. So what would happen is that, don't forget, we're doing these experiments and then we have a crew, right? So we have people, you know, we have, first of all, we have a bunch of cameras. It's not just like one little guy with an iPhone. This is a serious production. So you have, you know, cables and equipment and electromagnetic, and we have, you know, like I said, camera people, PAs, you know, audio people uh, in the background. And we are doing work where that takes concentration and focus. And so even under those conditions, we were able to have crazy measurable effects demonstrating how the consciousness was affecting the water or the pH or whatever. And so what would happen is after, because the crew was witnessing firsthand and they're not believers. I mean, they, it's not, I mean, they, they've never done anything like this before. The reaction was exactly what you just said. Oh my God, I can do this. Can I, can I do this? You know? And so I was so excited because it was exactly the reaction that I was hoping people would. And the question that you just asked, why am I not? This looks so easy. Here's a person who just walked on set. She had no idea. She had never done, she'd never done psychokinesis or anything like that. And why am I not doing that? And so, and so I, I feel like the reason why so far is the programming, the collective programming based on fear, based on separation. And that's what I'm hoping the film is going to, to help with. I think it will. Without question, uh, there's so many. I want to talk about the water experiment. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the water experiment. I've got my notes here, and I'm, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. I've, the portical, the portical. Some of these things, guys, are just absolutely mind blowing. Even for me, someone that's been researching this, but you did it so seamlessly. It's so powerful. Everybody go see it. Let's talk about the water experiment. I always found water fascinating in terms and I've done a few crude experiments myself structuring water with sound but that's another thing for another time you were able to affect the pH level of a glass of water that's a big deal guys because guess what our pH level is very important we're made up primarily of water the implications are huge tell us about that experiment a little bit if you will yeah, that's another experiment that I thought would be very relatable because, you know, we hear that the pH, um, if you have a higher pH or a proper pH, then the viruses, the bacteria cannot survive in your body. So it's really related to health. You know, we go to the store, we see all these bottles with like 8.5 and 9.5 mm -hmm. you know, pH, you know, try to raise your pH in that way. So because of this awareness, um, it, it, you know, I thought we should include um, that experiment to do it live again on camera. And so what I, I attempted to do was um, change the, the pH uh, right there by just focusing on it. So when people will watch it, I, because I've been doing this a very long time, there's different ways that you can do this. Um, so if you're not technical, you can just, you know, through the intention, uh, change it because you don't know if something's wrong, you're probably acidic. That's the typical, you know, state of being and our body is made mostly of water. And so 
if we if we don't know exactly what or how in which direction if it should go up or down or what have you we just through the intention we can focus on the water and allow it to stabilize to adjust as needed for optimum health and so but in the movie i i i understand that the hydrogen molecule is what makes the ph in water so i focused specifically on multiplying the hydrogen molecule. So I could literally see that they were, you know, they were just like multiplying, multiplying. And with that, uh, the pH would drop because that's, that is how, how it works. And uh, I think I did that. I think it was 10 minutes or six minutes or something like that, which is pretty incredible. And it changed by one whole decimal. I that's know. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize one decimal makes a huge, even uh, the scientist, he was like, oh, that is a very significant change. He <laughs> couldn't believe it. And so, again, I feel like this is so important. If in 10 minutes, yeah. six minutes, um, you can alter, you can change the pH uh, in your body, then you are fixing problems, you're changing the chemistry. Um, of your your body, and that's how that's how we resolve issues. You know, absolutely. That plus the intelligence of the body itself; it knows exactly what to do if we, if in a sense, we want to be able to intervene with positive uh, uh, thoughts, affirmations, and we're going to talk about the spoken word power of that. But we also want to let the body knows what it knows how to do anyway. Let me just ask you a question. This, this water thing. I, again, I've always had a fascination with water and the our receptivity to it and it to us. The the symbio symbiosis really between us and water. What was there emotion involved when you were in the midst of trying to change the pH level through the hydrogen hydrogen molecule? Yeah. Was there, an, was it a recitation of words that you said? Was it words plus feeling? What was that like? How did you actually implement that? Yeah, so because I've been working a lot with energy, you know, developing methodologies for healing. So I kind of know how to focus. First of all, you have to start with intention. So my intention was to have a significant change in the pH of water. Very simple in this case, I wanted it to, to, to go down because it was very high. I think it was 7.4 or something. So I wanted to lower it to eventually to 7.2. Um, and so, so that is what you start with. And as everyone knows, you start with the intention. But then it was a combination of projecting my energy. It's almost like I create a, a, a flow of energy. Uh, I have my own uh, kind of meditative technique where I reach, I connect and I align my brain channels with source, source frequency. Um, you know, that's very, very specific. It's not random. And I bring that energy flow through me after I'm very clear, I've articulated my intention. And then it's almost like I'm projecting it at the same time. I'm I still focus on the intention and I'm visualizing. So it's a combination of all these threes. And that's how I did it. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. We have been hearing about the power of affirmation. I call them mantras, different methods or different modalities that have been used uh, quite effectively for many years. 
whether it's chanting or visualizing so many different things. I love playing with sort of, a, you know, our own, I think playing with your own technique and kind of refining your own way. Cause I think we all have different channels or signatures that we can tap into. Uh, but I'm going to lose my train of thought brain fog again. Here we go. It's been <laughs> happening a lot lately. Um, are there some people that have more of a proclivity to intend I, maybe is one question versus others, because why is it that some people can say affirmations all day long and nothing changes? And this is why I bring up the feeling part of it. It's more yeah. the recitation. Yes. So I relate, uh, I relate this to the creation, the creation process, the create what I call the creative formula. It's not enough to just say words, you know, have affirmation. It just doesn't work. You can say all day long, I'm healed, I'm healthy, or I'm rich or whatever, all day long. But what you're not realizing, you are saying this with your conscious mind while your subconscious mind is saying, I'm not good enough. This will never happen. Uh, you know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a failure, et cetera, et cetera. So you are sending in the universe or whatever you're projecting yourself on, you know, your intention to uh, a, a conflicting message. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the problem with the intention, why some people can do it more than others is that um, the, the you, I mean, I do this consciously. It, uh, you first clear anything that is subconscious before you do the affirmation. And so if you don't know what these subconscious, I mean, of course, there's methods to do that. But okay. if you don't address what the subconscious is saying, it just will never work. And so that's the reason why you start off with your intention. And then it, it, even if you are not clear, you can just say, for example, I want to change the pH of water, right? And so, so if let's say I'm, I don't know what my subconscious mind is saying, so I can just go, of course, in a meditative state and say, I ask and intend to release, to delete mm -hmm. all subconscious feelings and belief that prevent me from achieving my intention, manifesting my intention from every cell in my brain, my physical body, my conscious, my subconscious, and cellular memory. You breathe it in. As you exhale, you just imagine that you are purging all of this information. And you start to feel different. So even though you didn't know exactly what piece, you know, that was whether it's failure, whether the disbelief or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You will start to feel kind of that sort of lightness. You keep doing it over and over until you get to a place of being totally neutral. Mm -hmm. Neutrality yeah. is important. Love it. Thank you for that. That's a big one, Caroline, because yeah. I think many of us know that it the, the, the subconscious is a storehouse of not just memory, not just conscious memory, obviously, but the things that we may not even be realizing, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're taking in. And it's it's actually manifesting on the exterior world without us realizing what the, the root of it is. So that's a, that's a great exercise. That's a great exercise. I want to talk about the power of the spoken word. We've had this conversation on Higher Journeys before. And me as a talker, I, I, I 
I have an affinity to the spoken word when it comes to these sorts of intending exercises. Talk about how you tackled that in this film. Very powerful. That was incredible. That was incredible. I don't know if you're referring to Karina's experiment or to to the one where we visualize it. Was it more in the microphone? I think so. The microphone, something called vocal vocal imprint. Yes, yes. That's crazy. So, um, but also just to finish off real quick, the affirmation. So once you are at at a, a kind of a neutral place, you start putting in the affirmation, but also the feeling. That's why, like you now, your intention is fueled by this desire, this passion. Right. And this is important because as we now move into the, the next question you asked, which is the voice um, imprint, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all part of the whole thing. So, first of all, people should know that you know, you have, everyone has a voice signature just uh, that is very unique, uh, just like we have a thumbprint, you know, uh, uh, um, <laughs> fingerprint that are very unique to us. Um, our voice carries a very specific uh, signature. And in fact, it is being used in some medical practices and research anyway to identify certain markers. So they, they analyze your voice and they can see markers. I mean, they're interested in, in disease, you know, identifying disease. So they can see through your voice analysis if you have a marker for cancer or whatever, whatever. And then they can change that, believe it or not. And so there's no injection of like, you know, some sort of, uh, so it's very non-invasive. Uh, you know, why aren't we doing this with everything? You know, that's a different story with the different story. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this is a technology that's already out there. And, um, and not only that they can see markers for diseases, but also any sort of imbalance in your body. So if you, if you, ha- if you instead of doing a blood test, you just speak into a microphone and they can see you have an imbalance, you know, your chemistry's off, your blood cells are doing this, you know, you need more vitamin D or whatever. And so, so I wanted to go deeper into this and see if the voice has not only, uh, you know, this, this information, but it is very unique to us then it has to also carry uh, the information about who we are Mm -hmm. and not just the chemistry of the body, but what we are putting, um, you know, the intention and the feeling and the belief. You see what I mean? So it's like the rest of the story. So in the movie, I wanted to use this technology to see if we could identify uh, the other part of the puzzle, which is beyond the chemistry, when I say something, does it have a measurable effect if it's aligned with my belief and my feelings, as opposed to if I say something and it's just words, empty words? You know, people can tell you I love you, but then mm, doesn't feel the same right. as when they say I love you. You know, you can. What's the difference? The words are the same, but the information it carries, the energy, which has to do with the belief and the feeling of the person, the truth is being projected onto you. That's why you feel that he said that, but I don't know if, you know, it meant it or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. feel that energy. So in the movie, 
we were able to use this technology to visually demonstrate when somebody is truly, truly passionate and aligned with what they say, you start to create patterns. So the pat when it's something that you truly believe in, that you love, that comes you speaking from the heart, those patterns become coherent. It's symmetrical. Yes. Symmetrical, mm -hmm. coherent, just like we you saw with Emoto's work That's on right. water. But now we're talking about your voice doing that. And so, uh, so, and then when you're speaking about something that makes you feel bad, that it, all these patterns become so chaotic. And it was crazy because uh, we had Karina, uh, again, as an example, we, we just told her to speak. And then something that was actually unexpected, we asked her, what is your favorite color? So it was nothing like, you know, do, you know something major. And she said, I love yellow. yellow and she yeah. said, like she kept feeling yellow and she kept, and then the patterns, literally, we were just looking at the screen. They were normal color. It was like all over and everything turned yellow. That's something I remember that. This I remember is crazy. that. Think yeah. about, think about the implication of that, of, of what that means. She changed the color of the pattern, which is the frequency range, you know, this that the, you could see visually, just so people know on a, on a computer monitor, you're literally seeing this. Exactly. Yeah. So she was saying something that she believed in that she felt that she truly loved. And it was literally manifesting in front of us. So to me, that was crazy. I think the operative word is emotion. I have always had a fascination with emoting, or what I like to say is in motion, we know that energy is never stagnant. It appears to be when it's very slow and heavy and dense. But the more emotion you put into something, including something that's tumultuous or anger, whatever it is, that is what I call the carrier way that allows things to happen. Whether it's, I was just saying this to a friend the other day, think of the numerous cases where, let's say, a, a, a mother sees her young child uh, pinned underneath a car and the emotion of panic will allow her to lift the car. What's going on? There? That's beyond adrenaline. That there's something else happening. Bottom line is emotion is a power. That's the operative word, I really think, behind the spoken word, behind the, the thought uh, intention, however it, it, it is. It's it puts it in motion, literally. Yeah, exactly. It's in it's it's I, I think it's that's the fuel. That's what I was the saying. Fuel, the fuel. fuel that's a good way of putting that it. That gives you the energy to create whatever, something extraordinary. So the intention was, oh my God, I gotta do this. She believed like no matter what, she had to do it. Mm -hmm. And that passion uh, is the fuel that gave her the physical energy to manifest it. So, so that's why we are more than just one thing, you know. It's, and these were these were all proofs, like you were saying on camera. It is proof. That, it's beyond yeah. evidence. I think. Yeah. You know, we we believe that science doesn't have the instruments to measure. There's still many things that science doesn't have the instruments to measure the validity of. But you're showing that the, the instruments are fast becoming available. Obviously, we are the number one instrument. I want to let's flip this for a minute, Caroline, because there's a few other things I want to get to in terms of the implications of this. Look, 
guys, whether we believe this is so or not, it's still having an effect on the world that we live in and on, on you. Whether we're practice, uh, uh, whether we're implementing this consciously or not, it's still ha- going to have the same effect. I want to talk about, I know you look at the Schumann resonance, right? You're familiar with the Schumann resonance. And the fact that if I'm not mistaken, these fluctuations in that resonance have, have been pretty wild for quite some time. Is it any surprise with all that we've been through in the last 12 to 14 months? If your hypothesis is true, and I believe there is incredible validity to what you're saying, that our collective consciousness could actually be having a measurable effect on that resonance and why it's such a wild fluctuation. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, 100%. We are interacting with each other all the time, exchanging energy. And so when we are collectively also putting out this information, it's interacting with the magnetic field of the planet. But guess what? The planet also (laughs) is interacting, is speaking with us. It is also emitting that energy. So we're actually in collaboration, if you will, of these fluctuation with the earth and the cosmos. So it's like, there is no question that whether people like it or not, feel it or not, believe it or not, we are magnetic beings. (laughs) And so we are emitting energy and we are receiving energy. And by definition, if I'm emitting this energy, it is affecting the other waves of energy that I'm coming in contact with. So there's no question in my mind that we are collectively changing things. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. Uh, I believe that our surroundings act as a mirror. There's a reciprocity that takes place between us. When I say the environment, I mean our planet and the universe at large, obviously. So it's a constant feedback loop, it seems, which is fascinating. I want to ask you about numbers. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Caroline Corey about numbers, because I don't know if you've been watching the show lately, but I have been fast becoming, and this has been for quite some time, this anomaly of people seeing repeating numbers more and more. We're way beyond just the 1111 thing, which I've never uh, hypothesized definitively about because it's, a, it's, it's an anomaly, but there is a phenomenon going on. You show, and by the way, the visuals in this film are just extraordinary. Can you tell I like this film? Just a little. I like it a lot. But the visuals, among the visuals you show what would appear to be not just numbers, but binary code, of which I've also been very fascinated with, and that correlation with the simulation theory, which maybe we can touch on. However, something very interesting that I still can't quite put my finger on is going on right now with people seeing this barrage more frequently and more recently of repeating numbers. If you know what I'm talking about, do you think that this may be some indication that something is happening to our field that is allowing us to see and interface with the foundations of how this universe works? What's going on? Yeah, I think a lot of things are happening right now. I think our brains are actually changing. And so what's happening is we are, we normally we can only see or tap into one octave of light. And so, which limits our entire experience of what we see and what we hear. But I I believe we are at a juncture, especially since this year, actually 2021, 
things are very, very um, moving very, very fast. And so the brain is adjusting to new parameters. And so um, everything is information. We have to think about it in those terms. So we are emitting information uh, through our energy and the universe, the collective consciousness is emitting information, but the earth is emitting information, the, you know, through the planetary grid, um, the cosmos is emitting information. So we are coming in contact with all kinds of new information. And so the brain is opening up uh, and to the next octave of light, if you will, is adding to its capacity to retrieve information much, much faster. And so it's not, it's not like it's, it's so now the information, the cosmic information, the universal information is being tapped into at a much higher level, much faster. And that translates into recognizing patterns. And because it's information, it looks like codes, it looks like numbers. So to me, we are seeing uh, numbers as a reflection or as a byproduct or as a side effect of, of uh, being able to retrieve more information from the cosmic pattern patterns that are into, uh, that are within our planetary grid system. Does that make sense? Oh my God. I've never heard anyone explain it. S not just well, but that is probably one of the most lucid explanations as to what may be going on I've ever heard. Look, everybody, because I think this is this is a topic of conversation in our in our circle lately, uh, not just the, the seeing the repeating numbers. I mean, I've never seen such, uh, some people say they're being haunted by them, whether it's 111, 222, 333. It typically is repeating numbers or just a, a similar number. It could be 1234 that they'll see, but they see it all the time. Not only that, just synchronicity in general seems to be going up exponentially. And the question that I think a lot of people have, including me, is has some sort of portal been opened that is allowing us to see the underbelly of reality? Could there be you know, from a mystery school perspective, some people are just saying we're going through the great shift, of which I think we are. Uh, but the way you're describing essentially how our brains are interfacing with this underbelly, if you will, makes perfect sense to me. But what is the trigger and why now, do you think? Well, this has been going on for a while, actually, since the year 2000, well, even before. But let's say um, there is, uh, I talk, I don't know if you and I talked about this, but I, I, I've been talking about this for many, many years. It's part of, you know, the, the work that I've been doing. Um, it's the planetary grid. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about ley lines. <laughs> this is okay. much, much more. In fact, I'm going to give you some, some things to maybe if you'd like to show your audience you know uh, at some point how the planetary grid it's it's a grid it's the patterning of time space if you mm -hmm. will so so the planetary grid uh is all around us it starts at the core of the planet and then it expands uh out to above the the planet about seven seven thousand miles so we are standing on the earth we're inside uh, this this grid system and it's not one grid it's three grids so it's all patterns patterns interacting with each other one of these grids is the time space grid 
meaning it it gives a, it's it's it divide it structures space and time around us so that when we're in it which we are we have the impression that we're traveling through linear time and linear space you know space but then this uh this and then there's also the communication grid and a transport grid but just to focus on the time space grid so what happened is our physical brain is coherent has the exact same structure as uh, this matrix if you will mm -hmm. so there are points there there are patterns inside the brain lines literally inside our brains that are connected to specific points within the time space grid around us and what's happened is that up until now this grid this patterning of space this grid system if you will um, was tampered with was you know there's interference without going into that whole conversation but it's it, when you want to uh, manipulate or when you want to control a species you don't have to go in and like inject stuff in their bodies you, you can knowing because the uni universal beings know of, of all of this you can literally manipulate or strange the structure of the brain simply by changing the structure of that matrix. Whatever you change out here changes inside your brain. Whatever you change out here changes this. So if I block uh, this point, then in my brain, it is also blocked. So if I'm trying to communicate with the Pleiades, if I'm trying to connect with the source, if I'm trying to speak to beings from Sirius B or expand my psychic abilities or what have you, but my brain has all these blocks, then I, I tend to think, oh, there's nothing in this direction, there's nothing in this direction, I'm all that is. Because of that, I'm talking about 200,000 years of programming the human brain to finally, uh, you know, generation after generation, having these blocks, he's this inability to continuously be open, speaking of pathways. These are the pathways of time space that connect you to the rest of the cosmos. So 200,000 years of blockages, you end up developing a brain that thinks it's separate, it's only physical, uh, it's based on competition, who's better, who's worse, you know, and things like that. Pretty much the way we've been living in this society for the last few thousand years. But what's happened, sorry, this was a long backstory. No, this is great. I'm yeah. glad. Love so it. I, and I'll give you the visuals for that. So, but what happened is that since the year 2000, and, you know, all the way, uh, uh, you know, to, to about 20, 2013, 2011, this grid system, all these blockages in the structure of time space around that have opened up. So, but because society, because humans have been so programmed, like, for example, if you have a cast, you know, you break your arm, you have a cast, you know, for six weeks, whatever, you're used to holding your, your hand like this for, for a very, very long mm -hmm. time. You kind of get, you start doing everything with your hand like this, with one hand, you know, you function always in this position because that's what you, you had to adapt to this situation, this restriction. If I take the cast, because you've been doing it for so long, you're still going to keep your arm like this for a while. Absolutely. Go like, 
oh wait, I don't have a cast anymore. I can just, right. do this. <laughs> you know? So it's a little bit like that. The portals, those blockages have opened up, but your brain, it, it takes time for the brain to go, oh, wait, I, I can I can see now to the ladies. Oh, wait. I and that is the reason why it's very gradual because we're talking about 200,000 years of programming. Mm -hmm. This is, and this is the collective consciousness. And so that's the reason why it's, it takes a very long time for this new kind of undoing and unfolding to happen. And so gradually you have people that can do more things, that can understand more things and retrieve the information that's been pouring in from the universe since the beginning of time. Sure. Now, we, right. now we are starting to recognize in, as in words and signals and downloads and those types of things. Wow. That's that that great. That was <laughs> I don't want to say I'm partial to what I just heard, but I think I'm going to have to go on the record and say I'm going to be partial to what I just heard because you just gave a, a stunning explanation. This makes all of it make sense to me, Caroline. However, I'm looking at the, you're talking about a long time, 200,000 years. Yes. A lot of generations, even in the recent history of this programming that has finally unfurled or the block has unfurled. And yet in the last, say even two years, conservatively, boom, it's yes. something's popped open. Yes. You can talk about this within the context of the mystery traditions, the indigenous cultures, the star people themselves who talked of this age, or you can talk about it scientifically. You have a good balance of both, but something powerful is happening right now. My audience is so sick of me saying it, but for the benefit of you, I'll say it again. I am sure that we are living during a metaphysically potent time. And if we do not learn the very thing that you teach so beautifully in this film, uh, there'll be consequences. I want to. I don't want to end on this, but I want you to comment on that. My sense is that there is an urgency to get this and what's going on, and to become uh, in alignment with that knowledge, so that we can be the full human beings that we're meant to be. There could be some consequences if we don't. What are your thoughts about that? Where we are right now. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with you, actually. So what happens is that, uh, so as these portals started to open up and more and more people are recognizing, wait, I could use this part of my brain. Oh, now I can do, you know, gradually. What happens is you create momentum. And at certain points, the momentum explodes. That's the reason why we feel two, from two years ago, it's like, boom, you know, we think it's like this, but actually it's because of the momentum we, ha momentum we have been creating. And what happens in 2021, especially, the momentum is so much greater, it's now pushing you. It's, it's like, you can't even stop it. And I totally agree with you. It's almost we're at a juncture where, uh, you know, the evolution, the energy that was sustaining the evolution of the planet, the thriving of the planet, and the energy that was self-destructing the planet, you know, that was supporting the self-destruction, they were both going together for the last 200,000 years. And now they're gradually splitting up, splitting up, splitting up. 
and now they're totally separate. And we can see that as a repercussion, you know, and the structures falling down, you know, the political system that's not working. The well, now it's it's like in our face. Yeah. yeah. It's in our face. It's always been there. The the system, the structures falling, but now they have to collapse. So, but going back to what you're saying, because of this separation and the momentum, it's almost like either you are supporting the thriving and the evolution of the planet, or you are you have been programmed and you you are still in the self-destructive mode, and the two will no longer be able to coexist. Coexist. That's right. I and agree what with is you. the urgency that you're talking about? I think you're right. And, and I almost want to say it's almost too late. You know what I mean? It's, again, like you, like I don't want to put out this negative, but I feel like now, do it now. Yeah. The momentum is so great. Like we're being pushed by a current. I agree. I have called all that we've gone through. We do not need to name it, all of it. A grand shamanic initiation, a universal invitation to evolve. You've gone into lucid detail as to what that is, what it means, why it is. But it's not just words, guys. Whatever it takes, whether you're watching this film and and, and don't try to get it. You're either going to get it or you're not. Exactly. You're either going to resonate with it or you're not. And there's no harm done if you don't, you don't. But I think of also, I brought her up a lot, uh, the late Dolores Cannon and her talk about a literal bifurcation of worlds and a new world developing. And, you know, she talked about the idea of those who uh, are more in resonance with the new world. You just explained it. And those that aren't will remain in a more dense, blocked, brain blocked and otherwise uh, reality. And and I, I do feel that, that we could be barreling down that path. I don't think that's all bad. I think it's going to be as it's supposed to be, but yeah. But you know, again, it, it boils down to the individual choice. Absolutely so, does. And, that, and that's the idea. And that's the urgency you talk about. And that's again, what I'm hoping that this film will help with. I think you it know? will. Yeah. So it's to bring it back because these, these two energies are going to happen. No, whether we like it or not. So it's almost like which expression, which, what is it that you want to create for yourself this way or that way? And how do you do that? It's through your consciousness and your mind and your focus and intention. We've been talking about this. Mm -hmm. And so people don't realize that your mind is free. <laughs> you know, you don't have to, it, it, it's you. You don't have to wait for something outside yourself to begin to make those decisions, to begin to try, you know, these experiments that we've done in the film are just an example of how powerful your, your mind is, your consciousness mm -hmm. is. And so that's why it's almost like we really are giving all the tools possible. And this is absolutely the time, like do it now, like do now. It, do it now, folks. And I think a lot of people are getting that urgency. I could go on with you forever, but we're going to have to wind it down. As I said, we will take this to the after show immediately. And we're going to be talking about, um, yeah, I want you to give a teaser as to what you and Corey Feldman did uh, in terms of the experiment. And maybe we can go a little bit more into, you know, a little off the record, you know, a little less censorship over there uh, of a couple of things that you said as to what the inhibitor may have been 
and how that's changing now. It's a very, very important time, guys, that we're living in. It really is. Go see Superhuman, the Invisible Made Visible. Because <laughs> you're superhuman. I got news for you. You're all superhuman. Uh, you can act like you're not if you want to, but Caroline has the full intention of making sure you know you are superhuman, and that's not that's not not that's not just words. That's the truth, right, Caroline? Yeah. And what did you think about the blindfolds? <gasps> we didn't even get to that. We're gonna have to that's take that to the after show. The kids, the blindfolds. You guys have no idea what y'all are capable of. I'm telling you. Let's talk about that in the after show because I'm looking at the clock and we are out of time. So it goes on and on and on. Superhuman, the invisible made visible. Get it on Amazon Prime. I know many of you are Prime members, so you can go see it. And if you're not, become a Prime member and, and see it again and again and again. Okay. All right. <laughs> you can also go to Caroline's website, omniumuniverse.com. We'll put it on the screen omniumuniverse.com so you can stay up to speed as to what this amazing woman is doing. I just love you. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. Yo, thank you so much. Uh, and also people can go to superhumanfilm.com. Ah, okay. We'll have a link to all of the above for sure. Lots of stuff to do. All right, superhuman journeyers. <laughs> we love you. Thank you, Caroline. Let's head on over to, to Patreon. We're going to keep this conversation going a little while longer. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us for Higher Journeys. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.